You are listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these uninspired talks given by Michael McAllister, followed up by question and answer exchanges with groups of his students. It's so interesting how the only thing that there really is is this very moment, just this. That's all there ever is. Yet we build entire lives around what could be, what should be, what could have been, what should have been. This is the home of that in us, which is covering up the always present radiance of what we really are. And we access, we uncover this radiance of what we really are when we really, really want to uncover it. That's first. There needs to be a big intentionality, an infinite intentionality behind the uncovering. Ego can have the intention to uncover or awaken that which is always already there. But this intentionality comes from a very small or contracted place as opposed to an infinite intentionality which is totally open. The egoic intentionality is looking to gain something. So contracted intentionality is what gets in our way. Contracted intentionality is any type of intention that is predicated upon a past wrong or a future hope. It's anything that is predicated on anything that is in the past or in the future. This is the domain of our small self. And it is dense. It is heavy. It's guarded. It is always, always looking to be right. Anything that can identify with the past or with the future, anything that moves in those two spaces that we relate to ourselves, that's ego. That's our separate self-sense. That in us which does not feel vastly, totally, 100% connected with the all, but rather separate, defended. And it loves to be right. It loves to be right so much that it spends a great deal of its time making other things, other situations, other people wrong. In the case of another person, it will judge 
as a way of proving its ethical superiority, as a way of, uh, as a way of gaining strength, gaining heaviness, density, what it perceives to be strength. And it can be really silly also when we're waiting in line. We're waiting in line at the drugstore and the checker is taking just too dang long and the ego starts to go to work and starts to, God, you know, it doesn't have to be like this and starts making all these great judgments. And in doing that, it makes itself right and the situation wrong. The situation's just the situation. It's just what's happening, but it makes it wrong. That way, it can feel morally or ethically superior. It does this wonderful trick. It feeds on its own perception of what is lacking. This contracted self gives this intentionality, this contracted intentionality of gaining because it's feeling like it, it lacks, it lacks protection. If only I could just have a little more of that, if only there was just a little more money, if only I had a little more time, if only there was a little more intimacy in my life, if only, if only, if only, if only, that is the home of our contracted sense of self. The infinite sense of self is beyond, positively, all of that. And it's what is all the time. We can have a felt sense of that when we sit still, when we encourage a stillness practice, not only in ourselves, but in others. There's this vast freeing and instead of this hard density, this heaviness of the contracted self-sense, there is an expanded and expansive aliveness and lightness that cannot be threatened. Allowing int intention to come from that place allows for a loosening of this dense, contracted sense of self, and it begins to become viscous as opposed to solid. And from this viscosity, it just begins to open up even more and even more and even more. It's still there, but it is no longer impenetrable. That's wisdom. The unfolding of that is our wisdom. And what wisdom brings with it when it comes from that openness is compassion. Our activity in the world infused from that vast openness is compassion. It begins to recognize that waiting in line at the drugstore is a blessing.
It's an opportunity for each of us to just settle down. Great place to try this is at the DMV. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because it's not just the frustration of, of walking in the door and seeing 60 people waiting in line. It's walking in the door and seeing 60 people in line, waiting in that line, feeling all of their resistance, feeling all of their contracted intentionality that can become very, very violent to self and other, and then getting to the front of the line and realizing, oh, I, 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 I've been in the wrong line this whole time. I should have been in, in line four. <laughs> instead of line 3A and the person on the other side of the, uh, of the d uh, desk is, isn't real, um, at least in, a, in the perception of the small self, the person on the other side of the uh, desk is not real loving about your mistake, typically. <laughs> this is only my experience, but uh, boy, what a great place for the experience of intense dharma. Recognizing a collectivized small self and how it begins to act. Almost a pulsing throb. And the opportunity for us to open ourselves to that and be a part of it without being caught by it is our gift. Whether in the DMV or not, we are afforded that gift in every one of our circumstances. And this enables us to take whatever circumstance is given and allow it to be a pathway, a direct realization of spirit. And we begin to recognize that we are not our thoughts. In other words, we are not the constructs of our mind. We are not our emotions and our feelings. We are not bound by time. We're not bound by past and future. We are not bound by our sense experiences and we are not bound by our thoughts. We don't have to be right. We don't have to look at the line in the Department of Motor Vehicles and say, this is wrong. We can just say, huh. Wow. <laughs> look what we get to practice with. We can look at intense tragedies in our lives and in the lives of others and say, wow and we can cry with them. We can cry from their eyes. We can allow for another person's success to resonate within our hearts as success for us because we recognize ultimately we are all together. We are all one. 
that recognition is the wisdom. The participation with the rest of the world is the compassion. And we're able to do that. We're able to practice it. And we're able to do that. And we're able to practice it. And so on. Every single moment. Our mistake, if you want to call it that, is that we believe that the past and that the future are more important than just this. And just this is all there ever is. Even if you experience the future in some mental construct, it happens just here. We experience the past. We experience a memory, maybe a very moving one, maybe one that's very sacred to us. It's wonderful, but it happens right here. And people deny that right here-ness, the just thisness, this present moment. They deny it all the time, so much so that it becomes habitual. It becomes strong. It becomes contracted. It becomes dense. Thus, the birth of separation. Thus, the propagation of contracted intentionality as opposed to expansive intentionality. Expansive intentionality is pure, radiant, clear light. And the contracted is egoic negotiation. With practice, we get to choose how we will walk in this world. Do we walk through the world denying what's real? Or do we walk through the world as what's real? And when we do that, can we see that which is true and real in others? I think our group um, began to answer a question, which was, what can we do? Ah, uh, instead of, where, where does it really hurt? Yeah. What, so, so then what? Um, and Jim said that he'd done some work on letting go. Mm. Um, and that it, 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 it has to do with attachments. That's how Lucy described some of her hurt is having a hard time saying goodbye, letting yeah. go. Uh, so that's the work, isn't it? That is the work. The work is... opening. It's releasing. It's not giving in. Giving in still implies separation. 
I give in to this situation. I give in to this person's wants. I, right? The work is standing in your full light as the light and uncovering that radiant source of light is what the work unveils. And the practice never ends because there are always new veils. There are always new attachments. And damn, it can be fun, even when it's miserable. There's something about it that just bubbles. And sometimes it really sucks. It doesn't bubble at all. Damn it. <laughs> so we get back on our cushion. This is a follow-up question. Um, Thanks for clarifying that. I feel, I feel so much. So much well, I'm, I'm piggybacking on your, on your answer. You got it. You got it. Um, when you say, and damn, it's fun. I remember that in the distant, distant past. Mm. But boy, it's not there right now. Right. How, does, how do you encourage its return? Because it gets pretty, I mean, Oof. if you put this, your thoughts under a microscope, you can see attachment, reason for attachment. Um, then you let go, and then you say no thought, but it's sometimes pretty grim. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the grim. How do you get the giggles back? <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to a spiritual teacher say this very thing. He, says, he said, a buck for every time, everybody said, when do I start to smile again? And I'd be really rich. Because this work is literally a rebirthing. It's a rebirthing. And while I don't remember my birth, I'm guessing it was really uncomfortable. Uh, rebirthing is radically altering your relationship to what has always been. And what has always been has become very, very strong, very, very contracted, very, very dense, very, very heavy. And this work is about undoing all of that. Well, <clears throat> the gift is that it actually will happen. <laughs> the giggles will come back. The giggles, however, happen when instead of cosmic contempl contemplation, we give ourselves over to the great cosmic shrug. And from that, the cosmic giggle 
shows up. When, when we recognize that there is nothing to hang on to, including a self, an I sense, when we recognize that, the wheels are greased. And we keep doing it. And we keep doing it with every bit of fire that has ever burned in us. So to interpret your answer, if I'm not giggling, it means I'm thoroughly attached. Yeah. That's good to know. It is. It is because now you can stare, you can stare right at it. You can stare at those moments of clinging. You can stare at those situational reflexes that create a habitual reaction. You can open up your psychology. You can open up your personal psychology and expose it to the impersonal cosmos that is equal inside as well as outside. And in that unfolding, it's exposed to light. It exposes the pages of your psychology to the light of what you always have been. And those pages begin to burn. Burn. Kiss it goodbye. <laughs> yeah, did I hear a giggle there? Is that a giggle? <laughs>